The Button Ski Hanger is a patented ski storage fixture that safely stores alpine skis regardless of length, width, or shape. This means that your fat powder skis can now be stored next to your narrower carving skis, your race skis, and your kid skis. For more information, visit their website, buttonskirack.com. The Button Ski Hanger is also available for purchase at amazon.com. So make your purchase today. The button ski hanger is simply better for your skis. Hestra knows hands. For over 80 years, Hestra has been producing the highest quality, warmest gloves you can own. Crafted with durable, form-fitting leathers, they are made with the end user in mind. Don't let cold hands end a great day of skiing or snowboarding early. With hundreds of different options, you'll find a Hestra glove that fits your needs. Check out Hester Gloves at HesterGloves.com. That's H-E-S-T-R-A-G-L-O-V-E-S.com. Or at your local ski shop or wherever Hester Gloves are sold. Hester Gloves, taking care of your hands since 1936. Welcome to New England Ski Journal's Base Camp Podcast, presented by Country Ski and Sport. Ski season is here, and it's time to gear up at Country Ski and Sport. Shop now for your best preseason deals at any of their three locations in Hanson, Quincy, and Westwood, Mass. Or shop online at countryski.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome into the New England Ski Journal's Base Camp Podcast. I am your host, Eric Wilber. I'm joined by Mike Speechin right here on my left. Mike, how are you? Eric. I'm doing well. I'm healing up after a little knee surgery. Good, good. Uh, everything feeling okay? And... You know what? I told my wife I was going to be back on the hill within a month to two months, and I'm on track right now. My doctor's with me. I'm good to go. Well, I'm going to be good to go. So you're Aaron Rodgers, basically. You're you're going to be coming back ahead of the schedule and, and looking just as good as ever. Yeah, I'm getting paid the same amount as Aaron is too, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but but I made it. I made it past three, three seconds. Seconds. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will. T- I don't know if I told the story on on this podcast or not, but I was watching that game, Aaron Rodgers' first game. I watched him throw a pass or or hand the ball off. I'm not sure what it was. I walked into my kitchen, which is right next to my family room, for a popsicle. Went into the freezer, picked out a popsicle, walked back into the family room, and there's Aaron Rodgers getting helped off the field and Zach Wilson all of a sudden in the game. It took literally the time it took me to get to the kitchen for a popsicle for Aaron Rodgers season to uh, be over or put a halt into a, or, or whatever. But ski season's in full swing. We're in the first full month of the year. I'm sorry you're missing out, but that's okay yeah, because yeah. me, the, the later the season goes anyway is when I value the time on the hill. So even though we're skiing out there, I'll tell you, you're not missing that much, okay? Well, for for me, I had to choose when I could have this done because I didn't want to give up other seasons where I like to play hard. But you know what? December's, I don't travel in December. I, I just want to back off and enjoy life. And I'll be, I'll be back when the snow's deep in February and March and April. I'm going to be full on. Good. I have no, no doubt in my mind. Good. But now... We're coming into oh, Santa Claus time. Yes, it is. And it's, it's, it's a stressful time because I'm not, look, every time we get to the hill, 
I don't feel like I'm prepared. One kid needs a bigger jacket or the helmet's too small or these boots didn't fit or I'm throwing a fit because I can't do that. I can't get this boot to fit. This one's okay. And my goggles are all scratched and, and there's something for everyone around well, this time of year that you should be buying for Christmas instead of going to the hill in February and then realizing, oh, that's right. Little Susie doesn't have a helmet. She grew out of it. Where am I now? So take your time in December to kind of rethink your equipment. Let me ask you this. Have you been through your boot bag? Have you been through all your gear? Because I know a lot of people, friends that have houses up north and everything stays up at, right. whether it be Lincoln yep. or Sugarbush or wherever, all of a sudden you pull it out and say, oh, my goodness, it doesn't fit. Or, oh, my, that that lens on that goggle is completely scratched. Have you been through everything? No. Yeah, well, yes, I have been through everything. I just went through everything actually this weekend and or a few weeks ago, actually. And it was things are fine. It I'm prepared. I'm OK. It's more for my kids. Right. When we get to the mountain the, the first time they ski that they don't have the right socks or the boots are a size too small or the helmet is too small. And that happens all the time because the kids grow so damn fast that it's impossible to keep up with them. This year, we're not leasing skis because they are about to transition into um, getting their own equipment at this point. You know, they're old enough that they can start feeling around and, and trying to figure out what they want to use. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to buy them all new get-ups, skis and, and boots. So Christmas gifts for my kids are, are more around like, is there a new jacket you want to look at or a new helmet or a new pair of gloves? I'm not sure how you do equipment stuff in your home as far as holiday gifts, but you know, there, there are plenty of places to spend your money on. And since I've got a gear expert in here with me, I do want to ask you your opinion on some hot holiday gifts that are good to get. Like for instance, right before we got on the, on the air, you told me heated socks are a way to go. Without hearing that from you, I would think that heated socks were just kind of like something someone was throwing together to sell you something, right? Like, oh, these socks will keep you warm all, all, all day long, and it doesn't do that. You say heated socks are worth it, so they, they, please do tell. They are a game changer, and I'm not talking that rag wool heated sock. I'm talking true ski socks. Lent socks, phenomenal. They're not cheap. Hotronics heated socks phenomenal they they change the situation on that cold day they are changing whether you stay comfortable or not i am 100 percent a firm believer people are buying them up north mm -hmm. they're buying them down in the flatlands because they're changing their experience on the hill when when you let's put it this way on a warm day you might go out and ski in a shell right yep. But on that cold day, what do you do? You put insulation on. You put the puffy jacket on. Mm -hmm. Two sometimes. Two. <laughs> well, it is new. Well, we haven't been that cold lately. No, but no, no. The old days, at least. But the bottom line is heated socks are absolutely game changers for the wife or girlfriend or even ourselves. The uncomfortable part of skiing is being cold. Mm -hmm. My, I ski on very tight boots. So consequently, my, I've got no feeling left from all those years of frostbite, but heated socks allow me to stay out longer in a more comfortable way. Like I said, they're not cheap. 
And when you don't get sticker shock, but they're worth every single dime, but make sure you get the brand names that are good. See, I would, I would have never known. Cause I, I, I would think that anything heated, I feel is almost like a, I don't really know what I'm trying to say here. Like a, not like you're focusing on the interesting part of the product, right? And not the product itself. So you're focusing on the innovation and not the vest, or you're focusing on the innovation and not the glove or the sock or whatever. You're telling me it's totally different. So I'm, I'm game. Maybe I'm going to make myself a pair of heated socks this winter. What about heated clothing, vests? I've got this, this travel and leisure has got the 51 best gifts for skiers. 2023. And oddly enough, was published on November 18th, 2022, which makes me think that maybe they're just repurposing this for a year later. Regardless, I've busted you traveling. It, it was a tough clothing sell, selling <laughs> yeah, last year, so right? moved on. Okay. So I want to ask you a couple, I want to ask your opinions on some of these things, just because when, when I'm going to buy my family gifts, I want to know if I'm buying something that's quality or if it's like a, a a half-ass sort of something. So here we have an Aris fleece heated vest. You can view it on Amazon for $130. And it looks like it's, it looks almost like a Star Wars vest. Like it's got like the, the Death Star symbols up here. So, so heated clothing, of course, heated socks have come full circle. They've gotten better mm-hmm. with the technology, with the wiring and so on. If you remember back when we used to have Heated liners, those did not work well because you couldn't repair them. Right. But he, heated vest, heated jackets, they do work. I don't see them as a big, as big of a player in the ski world because we have insulators that are so good for the core. If somebody has a medical issue, I think they'd probably be really good. Heated gloves. Like Hestris. I was just going to ask that. Yeah, heated gloves have have really come full circle. They have they have gotten better. First first rendition of all this stuff was questionable just because of the battery packs and the wiring. But I I don't put as much credence in the heated vests or heated jackets, although they will work for skiing. I I think we have where we need flexibility, mobility. I think there's better ways like uh, synthetics and downs Mm -hmm. from that standpoint. Great. I want to ask your opinion on a couple more of these items here. Smith has got 3D printed goggles, which is going to, for if if your skier has ever complained of improper fit, light leaks, fogging or any other type of goggle woe, gifting them this personalized pair could make their, you, their season's MVP. Do you know how much these cost? Two fifty. Four hundred and fifty dollars. Four fifty. Are these worth it? Four fifty. So three D printed goggles. So I, I ski in Smith. I ski in a uh Smith helmet and goggles. I think their goggles are as good as you can get in the marketplace right now. I'm a big fan of uh getting interchangeable lenses. Uh interchangeable lenses because ninety percent of the time here in New England where um we're not above tree line and our the way our hills face it's normally a lot of shadows so we use a low lens uh a low light lens and then when you go out west you clip in the other when you're in vale in the back bowls where it's sunny um so i i think 250 to 300 dollars for a goggle 
is really worth it if you get the right one. 450 might be a little bit much. I did, by the way, I did, I think it was a Gucci goggle. There is one out there. A Gucci goggle. Yeah, which was, it was ridiculous. I saw one. I think it was Gucci. My goodness. I've got a brand new pair of Oakleys that I bought in the spring that I haven't busted out yet. So I'm very much looking forward to those. Okay. Well, yeah, if you want to look up some of these yourself, but that's on travel and leisure. Again, it's 2023, but it's well, in 2022. So the, the other thing you can do, uh, most stores have some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Go into your local store. And you're going to, you're going to see, ask them about them because I don't care if you go to AJ's at Stowe or outdoor sport or outdoor sports center in Wilton, Connecticut. They all carry this stuff because it will enhance your skiing experience in a big way. Okay. So that's, that's all on travel and leisure. If, if you're interested, 51 best gifts for skiers in 2023, again, published in November of 2022 and I think if everybody, there's local ski shops everywhere, wherever you are living, get into your local ski shop and there's a whole bunch of cool things because these are family run ski shops and And we're talking about family today. It is family, family skiing, family, well, not really family skiing, but family business, right? Skiing is the family business, which is something that's so special, particularly at one place in Vermont, Bolton Valley Resort where the Deloriers are a name synonymous with what skiing means in Vermont. Well, yeah, yeah, they are. New England skiing as a whole, if if anybody follows the history of New England skiing, New England skiing was all about family, whether it be the local ski shop, the local restaurant, or the local ski area, the Neshoba Valleys, the Wachusets, with the Crawleys, the Fletchers, and this is true, Bradford, family run. This is true, but normally you don't see it holding together in the big mountains. Right. Normally they have sort of diverse and sold off to the big guys. But I'm super stoked because today we're going to be talking to the Delorier family who owned Bolton Valley at one point, sold it, Ned Hamilton mm-hmm. of bought it at one point and the the Delorier family bought it back and basically are keeping the tradition alive with not just management but family management from top to bottom which is unheard of today right and it's great because Ralph Ralph Delorier who founded the the ski area in in the 60s is welcoming back his kids like one, one each year right as they come back to the family business so We're going to talk to the Deloriers. We're going to talk to Ralph, Lindsay, and Eric about operations at Bolton Valley this winter and the special special feeling of running a ski area as a family. We're going to have them right after this. At 4,237 feet, Sugarloaf is one of the largest ski areas in the east and second highest peak in the state of Maine, trailing only Mount Katahdin. Boasting over 1,300 acres of open terrain and a vertical drop of nearly 3,000 feet, Sugarloaf offers a wide variety of terrain for all ability levels. A historic winter is ahead with the debut of West Mountain. It's the largest terrain expansion in the Northeast since the late 1970s, adding 12 new beginner and intermediate trails, 88,000 feet of snowmaking pipe, and 246 HKD snowmaking guns. Sugarloaf is a destination not to be missed. Stay slopeside and plan your trip today 
at sugarloaf.com. Discover what you've been missing when you visit Burke Mountain, the last little corner of Vermont. Located only seven miles off Interstate 91, the slopes are closer than you think. Take advantage of their incredible midweek deals like $45 Monday through Friday lift tickets or Wicked Wednesdays where three people can ski or ride for the price of one. That's right. You and two of your friends can ski and ride for just 15 bucks a piece every Wednesday, non-holiday. Incredible. To learn more, book your overnight stay at the Ski In, Ski Out Burke Mountain Hotel or purchase lift tickets. Visit SkiBurke.com. All right, welcome back into the show. Uh, joining us on the Zoom line today, we are pleased to be joined by uh, Ralph Delorier, who is the founder of Bolton Valley up in Vermont, along with Lindsay Delorier, president and CEO, and Eric Delorier, who is now mountain operations director at the Vermont Ski Area. Welcome to all of you. We're, we're excited to have you here to talk Bolton Valley for the next half hour. Excellent. Happy to be here. Oh, we're super excited to have you guys. Of course, we did have Adam on last year as we launched this podcast, talking about your side country, back country programs, which was awesome. But now we we really want to dive into the family part of the business, what it's all about. Lindsay, can you give us some background about Bolton, a brief history? Sure, though, really, the man you should be asking is sitting right here. Let, let me restate. Let, let's go to Ralph, <laughs> the guy that started it all. 1966, when it was easy to build a ski area. I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit easier. Well, you didn't need as many permits, for example. So in one summer, we were able to uh, build the access road, the base lodge, three chairlifts, the trails, Parking lot, the water system, the sewer system, and open on time, December 10th. <laughs> 1966. So now it takes oh. about three years to get a permit. And I can, I can, I can testify to that, to the accuracy <laughs> of the statement. Yes, it's much more cumbersome now than the stories dad tells. But <laughs> so he ran it for 30 years into the late nineties. Then it was in other hands for about, well, for exactly 20 years yeah. until we bought it back. Now, six and a half years ago in the spring of 2017. And so back in the family for six years. Yeah, during that time, I was suffering in uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. <laughs> oh, tough I, I tough feel for you. Tough spot. One, one, one of your boys still has uh, some property out there, don't they? In Jackson? Right. Our yes. brother Rob is out there. Yeah, yeah, Rob's out there. Yep. So can you guys talk about how, once you came back to the ski area in 2017. How did you assume your new roles? Well, what kind of, it, it sort of evolved. It started out when we first got back with dad and actually our younger brother, Evan, really involved in the ski area operation. At the time I was working in Montpelier and my first role was actually to manage the water company, water and sewer company. And then the next winter, well, partway through our first winter. So in the beginning of 2018, the president of the company who we had retained from the previous owners gave his notice, which makes sense. Difference of vision, changing things up and so forth. So he gave his notice. And then that was the point at which I quit my job and, and came into the company. Our brother, Adam, right around the same time, conceived of the idea for what's now a really innovative backcountry program with on-site guides, a rental fleet, and everything. I'm sure you guys talked about last year. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
So he, he, he worked right from the beginning at creating that concept and, and also does a lot for us in terms of graphic design. He has a marketing and media background that he brings to the table, which has been great. And then we were finally, after many, many attempts, a year after year, able to recruit Eric just this past spring to come out and take over as the director of mountain operations when our previous director gave his notice and decided it was time for him to move on. Finally, we were able to really Eric back in. And so now, now we're all here. Yep. So Eric, what's that been like getting back into the business of your first year on the job? It's been great. It's challenging. It's rewarding. We have a great team up here. And I want to say, Chris, our former director of Mountain Ops, he basically retired to his rather large <laughs> motor yacht on Lake Champlain with his <laughs> wife and kids. So he he's still in contact. He's going to be back up uh, this winter working with us again with our lift maintenance crew. So really psyched to have Chris stay involved. And I came out the last couple, well, in 2018, my daughter did an internship with Lindsay in her year, first year as uh, president and CEO. She was, in my, she was in my office. <laughs> oh, she was for <laughs> the executive team. And I came back that summer and did some work, mostly like planning and some winter stuff. And it was good. I just couldn't quite pull the trigger. I might have even implied with Lindsay that I would be back if she took the role. And so I had been feeling the pull for for years to come back and work at the family resort. And and then last summer, I came out of the summer of 2022 uh, for about six or eight weeks. And I worked with mountain operations. And that really brought back my my real mountain ops roots. I grew up on the mountain crew here at Bolton Valley when I was like 14 to 26. And it all came flooding back. And when the opportunity came up, it was a good time for, for me, for my family. I have all their support. Both my kids have graduated college and it was good timing and it feels really good. That's fan. That's fantastic. Go ahead, Ralph. I have to say right now that I'm the envy of many of my friends my age. I've got four of my kids live on the same street as I do and four of my grandchildren <laughs> and they all have worked here and the grandchildren too, although grandchildren's teenagers are sometimes more enthusiastic than others about being in a family business, but they all do help here out here in the winter. And uh, it's really a delight. You can imagine it also gives a different kind of feel to Bolton Valley having three generations here uh, at the same ski area. It's very difficult these days for the second generations because whether it be farming, because skiing's sort of snow farming, the kids don't want to stay around. They don't have that passion for to hold on to what was there many times. It's very unique there. What is some of the unique characteristics of Bolton that makes it so unique in the Vermont ski culture? I think one of the things that really makes it unique is when dad built the mountain, he will tell you better than anybody can that he really wanted it to be a place for working people to ski and for Vermonters to ski. And as a part of that vision, he put in nightlights right in the very first year. And that created the opportunity, not just for people to come up after work and ski up here, which is a part of what's really unique and fun about Bolton Valley, but it also really critically, it allowed for school programs to form and be developed around the night skiing. And even to this day, we've got 30 and 40, 30 or 40 schools 
that bus their kids up or carpool them up in parents' cars, however they, they manage it. And they get them up here and we've got hundreds of kids on the hill every night. And that's been going on now for almost, we'll go into the 57th year, I think. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Into the fifty. And, and the result of that, what is, what, what's really unique about that and that history and that continuity is that we're now on the third generation in some cases of families whose kids are learning to ski through the after school program at Bolton Valley. And what happens is when the same way that we're three generations living and skiing here and we feel that deep connection to this is our home. It's really not just our home, but, you know, all of these families whose parents and grandparents have now had that same experience that the kids are having now have that same deep family rooted connection to Bolton Valley. And so you just you can't recreate that. You can't recreate that sort of generational reality. I can tell you about how that started. I went to the middle of the last century. I went to uh, Burlington High School, largest high school in the state. And at the time, there was maybe just 1,200 kids in the school, and maybe there's 20 kids that skied. Skiing just wasn't for the Romanos, which for the rich out-of-staters. And so when I started the ski area, I said, I'm going to teach every local kid to ski for free, except people didn't appreciate free. So I charged $10 a year for lifted lesson one night a week. But I called all the schools in Chittenden and Washington County, and said, if you will bust the kids up, we'll teach them a skiing a lesson and and lifts for one night a week for uh, $10 first year. And we built it up to 43 schools. And the, the other ski areas weren't paying any attention to this market, really, except for Cochran's, which is our neighbor here in, in, in Richmond. In Richmond. Mm-hmm. They're great people. And so I think that we put, 45,000 kids in our school program now uh, through the years. Now, when the last few years, some of the schools haven't done the busing, we've had to make other arrangements, but we're still doing it. And to me, that's one of the nicest things we've done. And I think the most, when I left in 1997, the most we'd ever charged for the whole season was $40 a year for lifted lessons. Wow. Kept it really inexpensive. It was, it's never been a profit thing. It's, it, it's kind of been the right thing to do. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I watched the the PBS special on Bolton Valley a few days ago. I think, I think it was on your website. And you said that that was one of your proudest accomplishments at the ski area. And I think that's true. I think in building that sort of relationship between business and community, I think, from ground zero, really created this special bond at Bolton Valley that still exists today. Am I correct in assuming that? Totally. hundred percent. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I've skied around the country and around the world a lot in the, in my life out West. And it's amazing how many people I would run into that said they learned how to ski in Bolton Valley. Out of the blue, they hear my name or something or apres ski or in the lift line or whatever. It's, it's an incredible number of people that still are involved in skiing that, that started out here at Bolton Valley. And it's pretty amazing. Thanks. It's totally true. I'll do, I've been in Vermont a while and it's, I'll go around to like some of the conferences or group events or whatever. And sometimes I have the opportunity to speak and I'm never afraid to ask that random question into the audience in Vermont. How many people show of hands learn to ski in the after school program at Bolton Valley? Because, um, if you're up in Northern Vermont, 
half the hands in the room are going up. So it's amazing. <laughs> Great. That's fantastic. Well, you guys, the Laurier family has some pretty great history, Eric, you and Rob, with the original North Face team and so on with the Egans. But last year, somebody got put into the Vermont Hall of Fame, which we we mentioned last year with Adam. But we want to say congratulations right now to you, Ralph, for that uh, honor. Yeah, and, and that's pretty pretty amazing for a blue-collar skier, too. <laughs> <laughs> I asked my son, Eric, who I was skiing with Eric and Rob on those few days and skiing pretty pretty well. And I asked Aaron, Eric, they made a couple of changes. The skis are getting shorter. So how am I looking today? And he got this pain look in his face. Well, pain. Dad, you're, you're kind of a blue-collar skier. And I said, well, what's that? He says, well, you can ski anything, but you never look very good. <laughs> you may not look great, but you get the job done. <laughs> well, when it's all said and done, that's what matters. And better yet, I don't care how well you ski because you created a great ski area, which is more important to me. Yeah. Anyway, we have a very skewed sense of what makes a good skier in our family because our bar is set a little bit a little bit higher than the average bar. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm interested. I, I didn't know that the lights went in the first year. Um, of existence, which is impressive because I've always maintained that Bolton has the best night skiing in New England because of the terrain is just so varied. So the fact that it's been right there from the get-go is something I didn't know. Yeah, pretty awesome. Great. Lindsay, you told me in 2020, quote, there are many people in this world who have the opportunity to fight for their roots. We were offered that opportunity and took it. And this is when you retook um, ownership of the, of the ski area. What do you imagine might have happened to Bolton if your family didn't return. Would it have survived or would it have fallen like so many other private ski areas have done over the years? It would have survived, to be honest. I mean, I think Bolton Valley is such a beloved institution and there were other people at the time who were interested in buying it and taking it over. But I think the the thing about Bolton Valley is, and I think we've seen this through the years with different owners, it really has to be a full-on commitment and a lifestyle. It really, it's it's not, it can't just be a job to be successful because it is very challenging. And so I think it would have survived, but I really think that we're putting it on a path to thrive. And I just, it would be hard to imagine anyone caring about this place more than we do or putting their heart and soul into it more than we do. So I it's hard for me to imagine that it could be in better hands than in the hands of our family. No way. Um, but I, I don't think it, I don't think, I don't think Bolton Valley was at risk of going away. I think too many people love it and, mm. and there would have been someone to rally around it. Yes, but I, I, I agree 100%. Eric, you've traveled, you were out in Lake Tahoe last, right? In, yes. Yeah. For 30, 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So you've traveled the world. You've been around the country and stuff. What makes a family run ski area unique to what we're seeing today on either side of you? Icon Resorts, Epic Resorts. What makes you guys unique and how does your connection to the consumer and the skier, how is that different than other places? It is a question. I feel like I can answer that somewhat. Better maybe after spending another winter here, but I would come back and ski occasionally since we've been back. But just in the time that I've spent here, it's really about 
the family and local experience here. And that's, that's who comes to Bolton Valley. And it's a, it's, it's peaceful. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's calm. It's quiet at times and fun. Lots of, not so quiet at other times, like when we have music and everybody's dancing, but, but it's a you know, totally wholesome environment that is, it, it fulfills the recreational needs and desires of the people that come here. You can pursue it, your athletic endeavors at whatever level you want. You can go out and have a nice walk in the woods. You can go out touring in the winter and go make, do some nice tree skiing. Or you can, you can challenge yourself on our steeper slopes and these slopes are for real. And so we have a great variety of skiing. The lift service skiing that we have here allows us to provide, I think, a really good alpine product on those levels. We have great snowmaking. We have great grooming. We have terrific people who work here. And I think mm-hmm. that also is, has something to do with the way that we do business and Bolton Valley being a local business. We have local people working here and local people who, like Lindsay alluded to, they love to be here as well. Mm-hmm. And that, and that also shows in sort of the vibe and the experience that we create here on the mountain with our employees and our company. And the what terrain if- itself to like satisfaction and reward, satisfying, rewarding, challenging pursuit of the sport that, that we all love and, and all the people who come here love it in the same way. So I think that's kind of. That's a great, great answer to it. And I, to me, Bolton still has soul, which many of the, everybody likes a six or an eight pack with bubbles and stuff, but Bolton still, I feel like I'm, I'm there in the true Vermont environment that you don't find many other places anymore. That's a great synopsis, probably. (laughs) (laughs) I think that sums it up nicely. Thanks. And I will say, too, just a plug for the old fixed grip lifts that you do sit on the lift a little longer, but your skiing experience is actually really superior because the trails are not as crowded. I mean, that that uphill capacity, the fixed grip lifts act as a kind of control on that uphill capacity, which just means that your skiing experience is uncrowded and it really... It really makes it more fun to ski. You can have the busiest day up here that we could ever have with, we're at total capacity, but you're still going to have a great skiing experience. That's just a, but by that she means the trails are not crowded. At a lot of other areas, they've gone, the, the uh, trails may have been built for a fixed grip double, and then they went to the triple. And you get another 50% more skiers in the same trails. And then they went to the quads. Now they've gone to the, the high speed quads, high speed six packs. And the trails are really crowded. And yes. we get a lift line, a small lift line at every single uh, lift. And the trails are still never crowded. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing, especially if you've got kids that you're skiing with and you're bringing up for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, I still get a joy every time. I'm having a bad day sometimes. I, I go down to the thing and I watch the kids getting off the, the, the bus with their skis to their shoulder, running up the lifts and screaming and hollering, having a great time like little kids do. And it just makes me feel so much better. I have to tell you. It really you know, like The way it should be. I've I've always been a proponent for not slow lifts, but slower lift. I don't I don't need the the, the six pack getting me there in four four point two seconds. 
because I just skied a bump trail and my legs need a little bit of time to relax and to recover before I get to the top again. So your bubble lift is kind of killing me in a lot of ways. So I, I like the, the old school sort of take your time and get up there, fix grips. Plus the, the good conversations, my best conversations ever with my son growing up was on the ski lift ever. Well, it's like my daughter is 17 now. She's had her license for a little over a year and it's the same type of thing. It's those moments in the car. It's those moments on the chairlift where you really, you really get to capture something together and, and you really get to enjoy that shared experience because as fun as the act of skiing is, the experience of skiing is so much more. It's being there with your friends. It's being there with your family. It's being on the lift, getting the hot chocolate, talking about what trail you're going to ski, watching people under the lift. And, and you just kind of said it, it's, it's, it's a more relaxed, it's a slower experience. And, and that's kind of the vibe at Bolton Valley is you really can soak up the experience for what it is. And the other fun thing is all the locals are here. Your friends are here. I mean, you literally, you're, you're bumping into your neighbors left and right. So it's fun. That is absolutely awesome. And Bolton's very dear to me because you hold on to that. Ralph, I've got to ask you, we've all heard the story story of Ernie Blake and Taos, him flying over top and finding this little box canyon that he wanted to make something great out of. How did you come up with this terrain, this location? Well, my dad, when the interstate came through our dairy farm, uh, he he got a little bit of money from the, from the state, not very much for the 40 acres. It was right in the middle of the town, actually. And so he didn't want to pay any more tax he had to, so he traded it. He, he he did a like kind exchange and bought eight thousand acres for logging, and the whole valley here. There were actually eighteen peaks over two thousand feet on the property he bought, and so I came up and looked at it. And then I was in the National Guard at the time, and I had a friend of mine who was a helicopter pilot, and I was an officer, so we flew over it. I said, "Geez, I think that'd be a great ski area." And, uh, so I'd already had a couple of businesses. I started a little tennis club and a restaurant. I thought this would be a good deal. And so the governor used to have been my restaurant. So I knew him and I knew a couple of the editors of the paper. So we just worked around and the state agreed to put in the access road if I built the ski area and the banks agreed to lend me the money if I had the access road. See, so it was a combination thing. But that's kind of it. I mean, back, no, back when it was no, easier, as you said. But no, con, there were the only <laughs> contour maps we had were 20 foot contour maps that were made from uh, in 1927. Oh. So, no, we had no maps. You had to, every time you wanted a trail, you had to walk up and down it six or seven times until you finally got a trail that didn't go uphill for a while. So it was, it was a challenge to start skiers. I mean, you really had to, go up and down the trails a lot to make a decision. I put together a good team and, and we built it in that, in that one year. We did have to cut some lift lines the year before. So we knew where the lifts were going to go in order to order the lifts. But then after that, it was all hands-on. But I had a great team. And I think my success in business has always been having a great, having a good team. Lindsay, what has the Indy Pass partnership meant for the mountain? Has it brought in an influx of new guests that wouldn't necessarily be at the mountain or? Yeah, totally. Yeah, we love the Indy partnership. It's been great for us. I think for a lot of people who are looking for that maybe sort of slower experience, like like we were just talking about, 
the Indie Pass is a great multi-pass for them. And and it helps us, yeah, break into some markets. We don't, believe it or not, have the biggest marketing budget compared to some <laughs> other ski areas. And so it's a really symbiotic relationship. The Indie Pass curates ski areas and ski resorts, and they've got the kind of two models of the the smaller sort of like interstate ski areas and the and and then some of the larger resorts and we fit into that category and when i i love going out in the winter when like on holidays especially when there's longer lines at the ticket window and chatting with people and whenever i find an indie pass person which is more and more frequent every year i ask them if this is their first time here and for many of them it really is finding us through the indie pass and it's awesome it, the indie pass has been great we just love it I can't believe the number of people are coming that now. Yeah, it's it, really. It started really small, and now it's like just lots of people. The growth has been incredible. They and... stay in the hotels too, right at the base of the mountain. They love that. Right. Good. Yeah. Well, that that's it. Saddleback has found the same thing. Cannon has found the same thing. Uh, magic. Um, it's just. I'm an indie pass holder. I no longer have any of the big guys, and there's a reason because. I want to support the Boltons, the Magics, the Berkshires, because um, you guys are the ones driving the next generation. And we've got to be concerned about sustainability of the whole industry, just not one resort. Eric, you coming back. Okay. This is your number one, of course. What do you see are the biggest hurdles for this winter for you? Well, I guess getting back in the groove of the Vermont winters. And <laughs> unique situation. You, you brought the Lake Tahoe snow with you this year, right? Well, I did my best. I was clenching the, the snow line the whole way uh, <laughs> back when I was driving this summer with my dog. So we'll see. But so far, it's it feels really good to be back here. And I look forward to the winter. And like I said before, we have a great team of 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 managers and, and employees here. And one of my challenges is getting to know everybody, the, the aspects, reacquainting myself with the aspects of, of, the, of the ski area um, and the people. And I really look forward to a, a great winter and the vibe is high and I've really been enjoying my time here, everything so far. And I'm just really looking forward to the winter, which is, you know, my favorite season. Of course. Any special programs, events you have planned this this winter that you want to mention? Well, a big event that's that we've been hold, holding for the last two years, which has kind of become a marquee spring event for us, is Blavelt's Banks, which is a collaboration with the pro snowboarder Jake Blavelt, who learned to ski up here at Bolton in the after school programs and has a special place in his heart for Bolton Valley. And and thanks to that, has been holding this really awesome bank slalom event. And it brings out pro snowboarders nationally. It's, it's really cool. It's kind of a, a big deal for us, a big event for Bolton Valley to hold. And it has really becoming one of the, the highlights of our, of our spring ski, of our spring season. And I'd like to reintroduce the big rock, big air <laughs> contest. Yes. yes. You know, <laughs> just from the old days, it, we used to jump that with Rob and myself. And Tom Day and his brother John and a few of our other ski team buddies, we, we had such a good time jumping it back then. 
I know people are still doing it, but maybe we can do something there too, just for the just for old times' sake. Let's get the old gang out. We'll so, do the, the analogy. Yeah, better. We'll zoom out a really nice landing for the old guys. There's quite a few Massachusetts skiers from down here that come up there. Some of your old guard, like Dekas and stuff. They'll 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 launch it. Yeah, they're around all the time. I I know they are. I I follow them on Facebook. I get so, Ralph. I want your most memorable day ever at Bolton Valley. It's a long time to go back in the memory bank. What's the most memorable day that you ever had there? Bernie Bernie Weiss will ask me to ask you this. I, I don't know. There's been so many of them. Bernie did. Oh my God! There's a moment. Golly. I don't know. Must have been the first day we opened. I don't know. I, the fact that we got open on time. I mean, I mean, you must you must have had some incredible days with your grandkids when you said, wow, this is why I did it. I love my grandchildren so much. It's hard to explain. Oh, I'm you guys are a close knit family, which is which is yeah. amazing in this day and age that we live in. Yeah, I, I a lot of my friends say their kids are just all over the country because that's how people are now. And and my kids are just coming back and, the, and even the ones that don't live here come and visit a couple times a year or spend a week at my house or something. I don't... Gee, Bernie has stumped me. <laughs> <laughs> nice job, Bernie. I don't know. I, there just isn't one, man. The whole thing is just... It's just like the whole the whole thing's a dream come true. My, my, my life has been an amazing, amazing thing. Maybe not to other people, but to me. I get, I get a little choked up when I start to think about it. Well... In my, in my perception here, your amazing thing are the two people sitting next to you and the rest of your family that is coming back and, and saying, we want to keep your dream alive. And that's what's amazing to me. And I mean that. Um, last question from me. I just want to know what, what sort of developments or changes do you see on the horizon for Bolton Valley in the, the near and distant future? Well, coming into this winter, we've just made sort of our third big round of investments in our snowmaking. So every year we're getting faster and faster with our snowmaking, and that's really exciting. And we're going to continue to invest in snowmaking moving forward. We're actually going through a master planning process right now. So there's there's lots of exciting stuff on the horizon, but we are we we would like to see some more development up here, some more real estate development happen up here. We think there's some opportunity and like everywhere in Vermont, Vermont, well, maybe like everywhere in the country, Vermont's looking for, we need more more places to live and what better place to live than Bolton Valley where, where you can just have your life out right out your doorstep. So we're looking at opportunities for that. We love the night skiing and we're exploring potential opportunities to expand that program in the years to come as well. And as for the rest, you'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Well, I, that's one thing I want to think. We are working hard to to uh, get some empl- more employee housing up here too. That's very difficult. Mm-hmm. And it's not always easy in, in the state to do development, as we mentioned earlier, but we're really pushing hard too to get some more employee housing. That's really important to people these days. Right. And and I'll just say too, we're we're focused on summertime as well. Really trying to Absolutely. really trying to get have a really robust year round operation. And the two pieces that we've really invested in there is the development of a mountain bike park 
So we run, we spin our lifts now in the summertime for mountain bike, for mountain biking. Our trails were designed and built by Gravity Logic, which are well, just well known to be the world's absolute best trail builders. They built Whistler and all the other pretty much major bike parks around the country. So we were really lucky to be able to form a partnership with them to have them build our bike park here. Yeah. And we're continuing to build that out, hopefully finishing phase one development next year. So that's really exciting. Um, and then we're doing a lot of weddings in the summer. Um, we've, we've expanded our Timberline Base Lodge. It's really beautiful. We, um, have another wedding venue called the Ponds and we've been really leaning into our wedding program and it's awesome. It's really fun to see the vibrancy up here in the summer. So I just encourage your your listeners to check us out in the summer as well as the winter. There's a lot going on up here, more than you might think. It's beautiful. It is beautiful down there. My son's getting married there next summer in August. That's awesome. Well, Eric, just so you know, my son eloped last Thursday and went to Carmel by the Sea and got married. So he went west to get married. But cool. You know what? Do what makes you happy. Ralph, I guess I want to ask you one last question since you are... Bolton Valley to me in so many ways. What would you like to tell the listener, leave the listener with as your words of wisdom for this coming ski season? And I would ask Alan Fletcher the same thing if he was still with us. You guys, you guys made the New England ski industry and grew this New England ski industry, which I thank you. So I'd just like to hear your wisdom because I could use it. Gee whiz. There you go. Perfect. I think it's. Um, one of the things is it's kind of a safe place to be. I'm not, I mean, for your children, for your family, and it's really a family vacation. And you see the, the, the families there talking to each other and having a good, a, a good time. And it's not as crowded. As a matter of fact, we have days where we actually shut off ticket sales rather than have it be too, too crowded. So, and, We've got lots of people that come and have come for years from uh, Toronto and so forth, and they almost always come as, as families. But it's not just families. I don't know. I just want them to have a good time and not be too crowded and be happy. Perfect. <laughs> that, that is awesome. And I, I want to thank you for what you created because I've skied there. Eric, of course, went to St. Mike's, so he skied there. We want to keep the independence alive and make sure you guys are supported 100%. Yes. Thank you for joining us on the show. This was uh, fabulous. And I can't wait to get up to Bolton this winter, Indy Pass or not. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be there for my, <laughs> yearly, my yearly visit. So thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Absolutely. Well, Let us it. know when you're up here. It's yeah. been fun. And thanks well, I'll, for be there, I'll be there this weekend, but I won't be at Bolton. So I'll let, I'll let, let you know when the next time is, though. And if we're um, a tavern together, can we? Absolutely. <laughs> Look forward to it. Thank okay. you. Lindsay and Eric Delorier with their dad, Ralph, from Bolton Valley. We will be back right after this. Looking for expert ski, snowboard, and boot fitting advice? Stop into one of Country Ski and Sports' three locations in Quincy, Westwood, or Hanson, Mass. As a third-generation family business, Country Ski has provided Boston-area skiers with the best service and discounts in the area for over 50 years. Whether you are brand new to the sport or a seasoned veteran, Country Ski has the equipment and accessories for all ability levels. 
Don't forget to ask about their popular season lease program, which helps families eliminate the growing pains of purchasing new equipment every year as kids grow. And don't forget, any child 18 years or younger receives a free season pass to Saddleback Mountain with each lease from Country Ski. Visit CountrySki.com for all the latest information or to shop online. Having Lindsay and Eric on was awesome. Listening to Ralph bring it all full circle. I have such respect for the 10th Mountain Division that developed ski areas across the world or across the U.S., I should say, the CCC and the trails that were cut. But to have an owner that started something in the 60s still there with the whole family being part of it now, I I just don't know anywhere else where any place in this country where you have such that unique of a situation. It really is. I mean, and, and I, I mentioned it during the interview, but the, that PBS, the Vermont PBS special done on, on Bolton Valley, you can find it on their, on their website, is really tremendously well done. And I almost implore Vermont Public Television to do more histories of local ski areas because it was so rich. And I mean, the, the, the trails at Bolton Valley date back to the twenties when they, when they started cutting cross country trails out there. So it's really a remarkable history. And the, the family aspect of this, that the Deloria has got their mountain back, which I think is, it's, it's almost like a movie script, right? It's like an out cold where the corporate America gets the, gets the mountain, but we want to keep it in the family. And that's what Bolton Valley is. Like they, they've survived that whole script of losing the mountain. And could the mountain come upon epic hands or something like that? Will Icon ever buy it? No, the Deloria's bought it back and brought it back into their own family and have run it the same way. Well, not the same way. I mean, obviously it's new, anything over decades, but what they've done there. And again, the addition on the, on the, the Indy Pass, which I think is so valuable because Bolton Valley, people in Vermont, if you live in Vermont or visit Vermont or stay in Vermont for any extended period of time about Bolton Valley. It's not as common a name, though, outside of Vermont as some other places are, right? You don't hear Bolton spoken the same reference as Cannon or Stowe or Wildcat or Attach or Sunday River because those mountains are a little bit more in the forefront, at least to us here down in the Boston area. Bolton Valley isn't as much, and I think that the Indy Pass has really opened that door wide for them. And I think it promises good things for them ahead of, ahead of boom, ahead in the future. Well, I think it's exposing, as we discussed just a little while ago, we had Adam on talking about their side backcountry right. type situation. They have created something super unique. And now with the Mountain Bike Park, which I, from people I spoke to, rave reviews about it this year. But the beauty of Bolton, we, we know the most snow is from Sugarbush to Jay Peak. Bolton's right in there. And you're not going to have that gondola that you have at Stowe or the high speed at Sugarbush or Killington. But what you get, you get core skiing. And when Eric said they have some steeps, the first time I skied there, I was stunned it's not 2,000 vertical feet worth of steep at any given moment, but there are some lines that I just kept picking through that were just amazing. Yeah, and some of them are, are available at night, which is why I maintain like it's it's probably the best night skiing in New England. Let me go back and I'll 
rewind if I knew then what I know now sort of thing, right? I was at St. Mike's, like you mentioned, for four years from 92 to 96. And in that time period, I bought what was called the Big Pass. And the Big Pass offered you skiing at both Sugarbush and Stowe, which was, you know, pretty epic. Not, not to steal a term or to play on that word, but it was epic. The problem was it was, it was still a haul, right? I mean, as close as Stowe and Sugarbush were, it was still kind of a haul to get there. And Bolton Valley was always right there, right? If I knew what I knew now about Bolton Valley, I probably would have switched up my, my, my big pass for a Bolton pass. Now St. Mike's is in cahoots with Smuggler's Notch and they have a pass for, if I think if you have a 3.0 or something like that, you get it for 25 bucks. So, so you, you paid a lot more than that. Uh, we, I, I think, you, you, I think you, the big pass back then, 30 years ago, I think was $350. I'm just saying you probably never had a 3.0. It was probably a 2.0. Two oh, two, uh, 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 that's a good one. But if I knew then what I knew now, I probably would have gravitated more toward the Bolton because it's so close to Burlington and it was getting the same snow. That That's not to be smirch Stowe or, or, or Sugarbush in any way, just that I wish I knew more about Bolton Valley back then when I was at school and could really use it on a daily basis. It really is a special place. And if you're going to college in Vermont now and you maybe you have an epic pass and you're driving down to Stowe all the time, pay attention to Bolton. Right there, especially I have a, a, a nephew who I hope's going to UVM next next fall from Virginia, so he doesn't ski. But I'm hoping to teach him how to ski, and I think bring him to Bolton is a pretty good place to start. Yeah, Bolton's a great place to start, but it's also a great place to hang out and explore. When I I keep speaking about Seoul, when we had John Egan on, we spoke about the Seoul mm-hmm. of skiing. Bolton has soul like magic, like Saddleback, uh, like the Black Mountains, or Smuggler's Notch. There's another one right there. They are all soulful, great skiing hills with no pretentiousness, which is the key. You just have to realize that you're not going to be on that six or eight pack, nor do they want it as Ralph stated, right, and as Lindsay stated, there's less people. It really, it's just a friendly friggin' place. And I, like I, I'm right in with on, them on that with with the slower lifts and all. I do want to before we close out, I want to break down a, a few places where Bolton Valley finished in our New England Ski Journal Best of New England this year. Best for a challenge, they finished number four, just behind JP Killington Wildcats. So pretty good there. Best for parking, they received uh, top votes. Best for glades, they were number five. I think Bolton Valley is a very underrated place for glades. And best for value, they were number two, right behind Ragged Mountain. So, I mean, Bolton Valley showed very well in our survey this year that reflects on the job that they do. And I think that the respect that everyone has for the Deloriers and that mountain as a whole, just fantastic place to go ski. It It is. And even better, you can, if you're going up there for three days, you can spend an afternoon in Burlington, which is right up the road, catch Ben and Jerry's right down the road, and get some heady topper at the same time. Yeah, you can, you can go stay at the hotel at Bolton Valley, go out to dinner in Burlington, and come back for the evening. It's that quick, and it's that close. So if you haven't been to Bolton, check it out. It's one of my favorites. I, I wish I could get there more, and maybe I will. Mike, thank you very much for joining me. Eric, I hope everything's feeling better. Things are feeling better. You know what the best part is? I'm rehabbing so hard right now that when I get back on snow, 
Um, I've got to be in Utah the third week of January, so I better be ready. All right. So we'll keep an eye on you time and to keep go. an eye on Aaron Rodgers. We'll see how both a- of you. Exactly. All right. Hey, thank you, folks. That's it for this edition of the New England Ski Journal's Basecamp podcast. I'm Eric Wilbur, and we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. New England Ski Journal's Basecamp is a Siemens Media podcast. Siemens Media, inspiring, informative, insightful.